Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Wrong End of the Stick podcast with me, Zach Eaton and Skipper Jonathan Nimmo. Hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all good. It's been just a, an absolute storm of cricket. It's been so good, I think. It's after... been so much cricket, which is always good. This is always a positive thing. But yeah, I mean, we've not been away that long compared to our recent breaks. And there's still so much to talk about. There's so much we haven't got time to talk about. There's tons and tons of stuff that's been happening. And all of it, well, not all of it, great if you're an England fan, but all of it's been solid, good, entertaining cricket. So, yeah. yeah. So what we got on the agenda for today? Well, today I think we need to cover what's been going on in the hundreds and where our teams are at and where the wider um uh, kind of tournament is at and all the fun and interesting stuff in there. And then we're going to go into the not so, uh, well, I mean, not so upbeat kind of evaluation <laughs> yeah. of England India. Then, yeah, yeah. Not England India, which well, we, we might not be terribly happy talking about that one so much. Um, uh, <laughs> I think there's a few things to explore off the back of that as well. Yes. And, and things like that. So yes. Interesting. Captain and formats of the game and the differences. Um, and then I think we've got a bit of a umpire strikes back for each other. Do you know what we, we forgot to actually mention in our plan today? What's that? Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes? Of course, Ben Stokes. We have to talk about Ben Stokes. We have to yes. talk about Ben Stokes because we were going to do it, I think, last time. And I think we forgot. But, I mean, there's not that much out there. There isn't, of... but I think it's a really, yeah, it's, it's definitely a topic to, that needs to be talked about and discussed. And, and yeah, we will, we will do that. Yeah. And I like yeah. the way you say, you know, what we, we missed on our planning is if our extensive planning session wasn't just the 10 minutes before we hit record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty prepared, much. So, you know, pretty uh, much. But there we go. I think <laughs> we've let that one out of the bag many times before. And I think people <laughs> can tell how much prep goes into this podcast. So, um, there we go. Well, shall we yeah. start with, a positive note. Shall we start on the hundred? Let's start with the hundred because I think, as we recorded last time, they'd had the very first game, and I think that was literally all that they'd had uh, when we last spoke about it. Hmm. Um, and my word, I mean, 
the tournament has been moving along rapidly, but it's been really good. I mean, what's your take on it being? But I've really enjoyed it. I think there's been some amazing cricket going on. I I was in two minds when I first I saw. I think it was Birmingham versus um, uh, it was Birmingham versus Manchester. I think was the first game that I saw, and I got to admit before the hundred, and I heard some bits and pieces and saw bits and pieces. I was like, ah, oh, they've tried to go real kind of IPA, lots of sponsors, lots of noise, lots of kind of stuff. Is it going to be as exciting though? You know, cricket is one of those. It's you know quintessential English sports but you know not a lot of people how are you going to draw people in and I think they've just done an amazing job I really like the form of the game I think it is they've made it you know they've made it just that tad more exciting um Mm. with the hundreds and it's it is fun to watch and I like the atmosphere that they've really pushed it don't get me wrong and you know tip of the hat to the to those in PR and and um promoting all of the, all of this for the past couple of years but, but i think it's landed really really well um, I, I, I think it has and i know that the detractors of of the hundred will say well if you put that amount of money into marketing the, the t20 it would have had the same effect and maybe that's the case but it the, the fact is it has worked well for the hundred yeah. whether this should have been done for another format is is kind of beside the point what they have done has worked well I I think yeah it's all it's a very sugary it's very glitzy and and uh, glittery and it's aimed at the kids there's lots of there's music and there's most of the music I've never heard of um, makes me feel old <laughs> but you know there's all this that and they've got like extra commentators and and all this that and the other and there's sort of a few a few it's, it is it's quite gimmicky but to be honest that's what they were aiming for they've known it's been quite gimmicky and that's fine they've embraced that element of it. And mm. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the games. Most of the games have been quite close. Uh, most yep. of the games have been that sort of keeping you on the edge of your seat. I guess you're going to get that. It's a short format of the game. You do get that more often than not. But there's Absolutely. been some really good cricket to watch as well on both the men and women's side. And I mm. think I think one thing that I was worried about when they were talking about it, because they really pushed this trying to almost equalise the women's and the men's tournaments, um, and I was kind of worried because the, you know, the payments for, for them were not in any way sort of equal. You know, the women are getting paid a lot less than the men. However, mm-hmm. they're also getting paid a lot more than they would have been for other formats of women's cricket. So it's, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's kind of swings and roundabouts. But I have to say, in terms of interest, I've been, I've enjoyed the women's game and probably watched as many of the women's games as I have the men's games. Mm-hmm. They've done this sort of like double header thing where they'll have the women's game on first and then the men's game straight after. And it's, I don't know, for me, it's worked really well. Um, it's, it's, it's showcased. It's put a spotlight on women's cricket like I have never seen before in this country. Um, I think, you know, I, I've got to know more of the, the women's players and I think that's been a brilliant aspect of it. Mm. Um, yeah. And as I said, they've been really exciting games and it's, it's been, it's been a really good tournament. The other thing that I did want to bring up as well. It's not dragged on too much. I always yeah. think the IPL goes on forever and they're playing each other like eight different times and stuff. And you just, you know, they, they've all, every team's had eight games. So men's and women's mm. sports had eight games each and that's it. They're into an eliminator and then the final and that's it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been kind of snappy and very, you know, it's not dragged on too long, um, which I think has been a really 
positive thing of it as well. So it's, it's been sort of a good few weeks of it now, but that's it. And it's, it's, you know, it's coming to its sort of conclusion, I think mm. this weekend, isn't it? So, you know, I, I think, I think they've, they've planned it well. Um, I think so. I think it's short and sweet is how mm-hmm. I would describe the hundreds. You know, it is. Yeah. And they've really kind of got it right in the, in terms of the short format. And I think you're right. If, if they put as much money into the T20 than maybe, but I think it's worked. It's, it has been, you know, just right play date going into kind of playoffs and stuff. Um, and it's been really good cricket just to watch. I think the only thing for me is just how bad London Spirit have done in their first kind of go. I'm glad, I'm, you know, I'm glad we stopped you from, uh, the supercharges going up into the top three, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, in, t- in terms of our team, so I am a uh, Northern Superchargers fan. I, I've been showing off my T-shirt, uh, so I have a Northern Superchargers uh, T-shirt now. Um, um, but yeah, so we didn't qualify, but nor did London Spirit. So we we both missed out on on qualifying. For oh, we didn't just not qualify. We are we we're literally, you know, I was I was being nice, yeah. But the, well, gin, yeah. the gin brand of London Spirit, um, which I yeah. think they're all quitting to go and make gin now, aren't they? Because uh, they should be or drinking um, it. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly in, in particular the men's team, they only won one game. Um, so yeah, that that's not not ideal. Um, the women did better for you, um, but yeah, neither yeah. of us are qualified for anything. But the, the thing that I thought was really interesting is that although the men's and women's teams have been like drafted separately and put together separately and stuff, the same teams have done very well for the most part. And so the three teams that have qualified um, for the women's have been Southern Braid, the Birmingham Phoenix and the Oval Invincibles. Two mm. of those three are the same teams that have qualified for the men. So Birmingham Phoenix and Southern Braid both qualified for them. Trent Rockets are the third one with Oval coming fourth. So yep. And generally you see it, the more successful teams have been successful in both the men's and the women's. And that's really interesting. I don't know the reason behind it. Mm. Is it just as, you know, the women's games have come first? If they've been winning, does that give the men a bit of a boost of, of you know, confidence and morale? Is it just the way those teams have run? I don't know. I don't know the answer behind it. But I just thought I just thought it was interesting when you're comparing the league tables next to each other. Generally mm. speaking... The teams, men's and women's teams, are about the same, which is really in success definitely. Apart from the women, London Spirit, who are just out of that um, top three spot, and I think that probably has something to do with the leadership of of those of mm. those teams, like you say, and and you know the crew that we don't see outside mm. of the squads that that probably work across both the women's and men's. So, you know, I'm sure there's some time and money elements to it as well and influence, but. Yeah, no, that that is quite interesting. I didn't compare the compare the two, but yeah, it was just just as I was looking at it, um, sort of before we 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 got going. I thought that was I just thought that that's really interesting, and and yeah, I know that you you said London Spirits uh, women's are much higher, but it's only by sort of a, a a point lower, and they would have been second bottom of the table. So, um, not oh, sorry to wrap that one in there, <laughs> but the, yeah, the, the women's table was very very close, was what I was saying. So it you know it was it was very tight. Um, on that side of things, so yeah, and I think I think it's I think it's good. I think the crowds that we've seen, generally speaking, have been younger crowds than you would have seen in other forms of the game for the most part. Um, so I think it has engaged a lot more um, younger people, which is the whole aim of it to try and get younger people into cricket. Mm. I do think that has been successful, or certainly from you know the visuals you see on 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 the TV, it seems to have been successful. Uh, the the women's cricket 
record in terms of attendances on TV and in person have been absolutely smashed several times over, I think, throughout this tournament, which is fantastic news. Um, and I think it's, it's been great just seeing sort of some of the top, because they have the really top class coaches in with these teams as well. So, you know, you've seen Shane Warne with London Spirit. I mean, maybe that says more about why the men are bottom of the league than anything else. Let's uh, shout mm. to Aussie fans over there. But, you know, there, there, there's been some, you know, really top quality coaching as well that can only be helping particularly the domestic players because I know a lot of the overseas players had to drop out or didn't want to travel because of COVID rules and all the rest of it. So we've seen, like, the uh, sort of more domestic players, you know, coming to the forefront and, and, you know, coaching like that can only help them progress in the game. So yep. overall, I think it's been really, really positive. Really exciting and really good, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the finals and things. Mm. I'd be interested to see and and to scour how, you know, because we've obviously been having this conversation for over a year. In fact, probably a bit longer. Yeah, probably about three years. Now. Yeah, probably about three years, and it's been, you know, this, this is it. It's arrived. It's happened. We're at the end stages of the tournament, and now I wonder what the feedback and the feeling is from. You know, places like Twitter and we've seen a lot of other kind of podcasts mm. and discussions and, and around the hundred from its inception all the way till now. Mm. And I, I wonder if people's opinions have changed, you know, from what they were a couple of years ago. After I, seeing, I, I, th- yeah. I think to a certain extent it has from certainly. And again, it's just from the cricket Twitter, which which I, um, you know, get involved in at, at, at the fringes of certainly for, for a little bit and keep an eye on. Um, and I think. There are the hardcore sort of county cricket fans that just think this is an utterly terrible idea. They've not been swayed and not been changed and they've not really seen anything that, that to change their mind. And I think, you know, fair enough. There's the, the, I don't think there was that many pro people, but I think that camp has grown more. And I think some of the neutrals who were not, probably a bit like us that were a little bit cynical of it, like, well, let's see how it, how it goes that have been won over to it. I, I certainly have been one to, to the benefits of it. I will look forward to this tournament happening next year. Um, and we know there's there's some people in cricket that are saying, you know, this this has been a fantastic success and, you know, that's, yeah, let's try and capitalise on it as much as we can. So I do, I do think there's, from what I've seen anyway, I think there's a general nudging towards thinking a bit more favourably. So I, I definitely think that's, that's happened. So, yeah, all in all, I think a really positive thing so far. Shame neither of our teams are in 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 the playoffs or anything, but hey, next year mm. we'll go again. We'll go again. Nice. Good times. Shall we depress ourselves now? We've uh, got all excited <sighs> talking about the hundreds. Shall we shall we talk about England versus India? Let's talk about Indian India. Hmm. Well, I think probably the less said about it the better to be honest. Um it's not it's not positive if you're an England fan. It might be the time to skip on about ten minutes, but um, yeah. So England, so India have been touring um, England. So they have well, we've played two tests so far, and we've got another three tests to come. Uh, the first test, England were um, to be honest on track to lose, but rain saved them, so that was a draw. Um, and the second test was actually a really interesting test. It swung back and forth. There were some really positive performances on both sides at times, and there was also some utter dreadful performances from England. Mm. Um, and, I mean, you talk about a test match of two sides. Well, nobody talks about that. That's a game of two halves in football. But still, Joe Brew, I mean, 
I think he solidified his place for England in terms of being the best batsman England have had for a long, long time. Yep. And also, it's massively raised questions about his captaincy. Um, and I think there's two major questions that have come out of this test for England, which is their batting lineup is outside of Joe Root. And, well, Johnny Bairstow's actually done pretty well the last couple of tests. You know, he's contributed at least, got a few half centuries. Um, outside of those two, England don't appear to be able to bat for any length of time at all. No. Um, which is a, which is problematic. It's hugely problematic. And, it, um, mm. but yeah, and questions remain over Joe Root and captaincy and some of the decisions that were made. And yeah, so it's, 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 it's a mixed bag really, but we seem to be back in a situation we've been in for a long time where we're relying on Joe Root to get our team out of, on Joe Root's batting to get our team out of, of trouble. But Joe, and that's, but Joe Root's form over the mm. past couple of years since being captain hasn't exactly been, you know, he has had some amazing performances and I think that actually does get underrated a lot of the time when he does shine, he shines. At the same time, I think saying that we're relying on Joe, on Joe Root's batting, when, you know, Joe Root has gone through so many, like changes in order from his side, inconsistency in, in, you know, kind of high-performing innings and stuff like that, and everybody else is just kind of moving around. I mean, we've gone from kind of Roy at the top, we've had some other people with potential, Sibley and, you know, other kind of top or, or other other people coming in to, to open up. And... We're just we're just not there, and we've said it for ages that the the top order is just doesn't feel solid. It doesn't feel like the solid yeah. part of the team, and it doesn't feel like you know we're not really relying on anyone. And if we are, then that, I mean that's just a problem in itself. But there's there's been some good touches by a lot of the team. We're just not in a place where you know. We feel solid. I feel like well, yeah, we're know. not, and, that, and that's it. You, you, what you want is, and and I, I, I remember looking back to, to the sort of teams of, of you know, these sort of early sort of mid two thousands teams where you had England had opening when you had Strauss, Huntress Gothic opening, and then you had Cook um, uh, opening, and you had people who you knew were going to come in. You had people who were going to get a really solid partnership to get you underway. Mm. We haven't had that for so long. I mean, I don't remember the last time England were like a hundred for, for for no wicket. You know, it's it feels like forever. I haven't got the stats on that, but it just feels like such a long time. And I think that's the mentality. Whereas once upon a time, when you did have people like Cook around, you almost expected that to happen and were surprised yeah. if England ended like twenty twenty odd for two. Now yeah. you go five overs in and you're like, oh yeah, England. England came down. That sounds about right. Uh, Joe yes. Root and Johnny Bairstow are back in to you know to see to try to try and save something, and that's that's the expectation, and that's that's a really awful position. I mean, you know, Rory Burns has had some performances, but not consistently. Dom Sibley just yep. been terribly out of form for what feels like a while. I mean, I think there's we do need to pause briefly and talk about Hasib Hamid because we have talked about him on the podcast for about three years we talked about him because he came in had a really good performance then got injured went out for ages yep. it was out of form and we talked about him coming back into form 
and there being talks about him being called up to England. But we were thinking maybe next year, if he keeps his performances going at county level, he was drafted into the England squad for me way too quickly. And he's not done well again. Um, and But I think that all that that's going to do is shatter his confidence. Yeah. That was in a very delicate state. Anyway, he should have been left in county cricket to get that form, to get that confidence, and then be knocking on the door. And he, he got called up way too quickly for me. And I think the only reason he was called up is because the rest of the top order is just in disarray. And England are looking for, for anything from anywhere. And, mm. yeah, it's not, not a good situation. Our bat, I mean, and we've talked about batting for a long time, but it's really in a pretty shocking state at this at this stage. Yeah. yeah. I think we need we just need a bit of security up there and like you say it's it's about flipping the script and and watching cricket and not being surprised that we're you know up touching the three the three figures before losing a wicket instead of you know being two down for 20 um and really get into that place instead if you, if you look at the last, uh, the second in England's second innings, which is where it all really did collapse and go wrong, and they they lost the game. Um, Joe Root got thirty three. England's next top scorer was India's extras, so it was the no balls and wides from India who got twenty nine. Then it was Joss Butler on twenty five. I was like, that's not a situation you can sustain. That's you know, that it's really it's really poor. And I've heard some mention of it. Um, that um, it's to do with the fact that England players don't get to play enough long-form cricket. And I think that same crowd that are very anti the 100 were saying that, you know, um, well, the England players don't play enough county cricket and they don't get enough practice at that. But I don't think England are in a particularly different situation to Australia or South Africa or India. Their top players are playing in all these T20 tournaments as well. It's not as if England are unique in that only their players are playing in these short-form tournaments. They're not. All of the top Indian players are playing in the IPL, all of the top you know, Australians are playing in the Big Bash and the IPL and everywhere else. So it's not as if we're in a different situation, and yet it seems to be a mentality problem that England players can't adapt. And that's that's what it is for me. It's a psychological thing. If I was, if I was someone in the ECB, I would be hiring a raft of sports psychologists and get them into that England team because I don't believe for the most part it's not a technique problem it's a mentality problem and I genuinely think that's that's where England have issues is that they I don't know whether it's belief confidence or what but something isn't right in the psychology of the England team God, that was a quick turnaround wasn't it we went from very positive to very negative <laughs> 100 miles an hour there um but I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I just don't see that. Um, I don't see that England have a lot of hope, particularly just thinking forward. I don't think I think I, I can't see much other than India winning at least two of the next three Test matches, mm. and then we're looking forward to the Ashes, and I think the Ashes is going to be absolute whitewash the way we're heading. I think the way that we're heading definitely. Um, I don't know. I've I, I think I've got. I've got faith that England, and not just the squad, but I have faith that England, in terms of the coaches and you know the wider team, will take 
what's happened over here. I mean, there's huge amounts of criticism from, you know, kind of pundits and ex-players and, and commentators about, um, you know, strategies and, and the overall kind of performance of the squad in, in, in this test. And, you know, of course, it's not been a, that great of a summer for England in other areas too. So, you know, I'm hoping that they'll take this as a really, you know, kind of critical point where they'll need to make some changes and have some conversations um, not just about the squad but you know perhaps even uh, you know selection and, and even captaincy at, at this stage um, you know it's great to see Root you know has had a good touch and, and has been informed in some areas but do we think it's right for him to kind of continue for, well, for Test Cricket as, as captain? That's the question. I mean, there were, there were some very, um, there's been a lot of questions raised about his captaincy, particularly in sort of England's, um, you know, when they were balling the field settings, the aggression. I think it was uh, Michael Vaughan or somebody who was saying that he thinks England look almost scared and don't quite know how to win and a bit too cautious and uh, they've been bitten a few times and now don't, don't have that killer instinct. You know, maybe, maybe that's it. I don't, I don't know. But mm. I, I do, and we we've sort of questioned on the pod for a while about Joe Root's captaincy and whether it's right. England kind of have this habit of making their best player captain, and that's what they've done at this point. Is he the right mm. person to captain? I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't think so in all likelihood. But who do you get to replace him? I genuinely don't know. I don't think I don't think there's a, I don't think there's an obvious <laughs> option. Um, to be honest, to replace him, I feel like for me, I feel like Stokes. I remember saying it in the back mm. of the, um, uh, you know, the One Day Championship and stuff like that. That um, he had so many characteristics of of a leader and a captain. I think an all rounder. He's in the fight. You know, he's in the slips. He's Cracking batsman, cracking bowler, cracking fielder, and not, and I don't mean that to say, you know, exactly what you've just said, which is putting the best player up there, but I just think he has, or has shown the right kind of mentality that you'd expect mm. from a captain, leading by example and, and, and things like that, not just a specialist, but, and we've seen it in so many previous successful captains as well, not just in England, but, you know, um, in other international teams, but, I suppose we could segue into Ben Stokes, unless you wanted to go into Owen Morgan and and. Well, it's 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 something that I mentioned before, and it was it was to be honest, it was it was a half tongue in cheek comment. But my question is, do you bring somebody in that you're bringing in for their captaincy skills, and do you bring in an Owen Morgan who we know is an exceptional? captain certainly in the, in the short format of the cricket he's, he's proven himself time and time again there mm. do you bring somebody in because to be honest the rest of the batsmen aren't contributing anything anyway do you bring somebody in that can contribute something with the bat but he's there to be captain mm. i don't know it's it uh, you know owen morgan is, is that example I, I don't know if that's uh i don't think that's on the cards i don't think anybody is thinking that way um i don't even think owen morgan is thinking that that way no that's I don't know. I think it's a question that you need to look at, and I think it's a question that we need to think about. That 
the captaincy is a major responsibility and it's a major skill. It's another skill alongside batting, bowling, yeah. wicket keeping, fielding. It's another skill against playing, isn't it? It's, it's another skill. And if you've got somebody who may not be as good as, you know, may not be contributing as much as, say, Dom Sibley, although he's not contributing very much, if you dropped him and brought in somebody who's an exceptional captain, mm. takes that responsibility and that, that pressure off Root and lets Root perform as he has been without having to, you know, I don't, I don't know. Is, is the fact that he's doing better with the bat but making mistakes as captain, is that coincidence or is it... Is it focusing on what he should be focusing on? And if that's the case, take the captaincy off him and let somebody else do it and let him focus on doing this because as he's in this kind of form, he can win games for England. Yeah. Absolutely can win games. Batting, his batting can win England games and will win England games. But at the moment, if he does, if we go and win the next test because of his batting, it will be papering over cracks in the team that will be exposed at some point. Um, Uh, I think that's such a good point. I think that's such a good point. If you see before, Root took over the reins, the match-winning, um, even series-winning mm, performances yeah. that Root would put in, and still cracking smiles, cracking wise, laughing, feeling good, looking good, in form, and you know maybe this is an example. Yeah, he's he's had a great great touch, and then, but we've seen some really kind of critical mistakes in some of the decisions that he's made as a captain. So mm-hmm. is it one of those ones where we have to ask, you know, is he striking that kind of balance? Is it, do we either have to rely on him kind of saving the day, but, you know, the rest of the team aren't kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing? Or do we see an underperforming route mm-hmm. that isn't fulfilling his potential? Yeah. I mean, let's face it, tenuously keeping the, keeping the boat going in the right direction. That's it. And I think the, the only other thing that I, I would raise as something that I think English should look at, and I read, we, we talked about it when it happened, was the, the coach, Chris Silverwood. I mean, and nothing against the guy, but the guy is a bowler by trade. That's where he came from. Uh, England haven't had a batsman as a coach, as a head coach, since 2014. Barring Peter Moores, who was a wicket keeper, and let's face it, that was the whole Kevin Peterson debacle of a year, so let's write that one off. Since Andy Flower, in 2014, England haven't had a, a specialist batsman as coach. They've all been bowlers, so why, why, when our bowlers are the least of our worries? Not that, you know, everything's perfect and rosy, but batting is the England's biggest weakness and has been for, what, five years? Ten years, possibly? Why on earth are we not focusing on that? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Question. Questions. Lots of questions to be asked. Um, Lots I mean, of questions. I think the other thing to be said is um, some credit does have to go to India because they did play well. I know England did kind of give things away at times, but India bowled well. They batted well. They had some really good individual performances, and I don't think you can take that away. India are one of the best teams in the world. They were, you know in the World Test Championship for a reason. Mm. Um and they are they are a really quality side and they did well and that was that was India's first win at Lords since no oh, the don't think their third ever win at Lords and the first since like nineteen eighty six or something crazy. Wow. Um, so you know absolute credit to them. They they played really well. We've we've come at this from an England perspective trying to pull apart England's performance, but 
India do deserve credit as well because they they played some phenomenal stuff and mm. you know yeah good good on them you know they've there's really good individual performances Kale Rahul you know scoring runs for fun looks impossible to get out so you know good on good on him and good on India but yeah lots of questions to answer for for England. Anyway, I missed the very, very neat segue that you set up for us, um, which was about Ben Stokes. So shall we circle back to that? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So obviously, um, Ben Stokes, was it a couple of months ago now, or a month, six weeks, eight weeks ago, um, he's basically announced that he will be taking um, an indefinite um, period of leave from cricket in all forms of the game uh, to kind of work on himself and, and, and mental health and, and prioritising um, well basically himself and I think it's interesting that we've seen a lot of that recently in stuff like the Olympics and other sports mm-hmm. and mental health really being um, quite quite focal actually mm-hmm. in yep. um a lot of sport and a lot of news, which I think is is good and it's good to raise awareness and and actually, you know, really highlight the human side of our kind of professionals that take on a lot of pressure. And I think compounded by, you know, a lot of isolation, a lot of mm. being in, yes. you know, hotels and travel and training camps and everything else without the support or... or mm-hmm access to support that they would usually have so I mean, what's your yeah. take yeah i think you've absolutely nailed it there i think i think you're right i think i think what has always been difficult and i think i think it's interesting that cricket has had some of these issues come up and now and again marcus Triscothic um sort of bowed out um with mental health problems, Jonathan Trott has been very vocal about his mental health difficulties um, and things, particularly when travelling and, and, as you say, when you're kind of away from your support mechanisms and things. And yeah, and Ben Stokes' announcement came off the back of, of um, you know, Naomi Osaka dropped out of um, Wimbledon um, and Simone Biles, you know, obviously had issues with mental health in, in the Olympics and stuff. And it came off the back of, of, of that. And I think it was, I think it's a really positive step in in general and the fact that people can talk about it more and i think it's becoming more accepted to to do that you can't imagine sort of 20 years ago that it just wouldn't have happened um mm. and i do think you're right and i think this is where i know a lot of england have faced a lot of criticism for their sort of rotation policy where they've been dropping players and things i think this is where you see that if you don't drop players this is what you'll see a lot more of happening because they are isolated you do have to do these you know you know, self-isolation and different periods. If you go to a different country, you've got to have two weeks and basically sat in a hotel and this, that and the other. And you can't you can't do everything you need. You haven't got the sport network around you. Um, so I think that could have happened more if, if England hadn't been trying to look after their players a little bit. And it may well have been a detriment to results on the pitch at times. But I think they they are trying to look after their, um, you know, their players. And I think that's, that's all for the credit. And England... It's 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 a massive shame for Ben Stokes. I do hope he's getting the help and support that he needs and and will come back stronger because you know not only for England that <laughs> they desperately need him, but mm. also just that he's a fantastic cricketer. To watch any neutral would, would pay money to go and watch Ben Stokes and and let's hope that he can get get himself to where he needs to be to 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 you know to do that. 
Absolutely. You know, as soon as possible. Um, but I do think it's a positive thing. I think he has been a really good role model. Um, and yeah, I think, I think overall it is a positive thing. It does, it, it does make me think if he does come back, I don't think you can talk about him becoming captain. I don't think you could add that. No. Yeah, another pressure on top of everything else that he's doing as well. Because mm. um, I think that that's a huge amount already. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, I just hope he hope he, hope he goes and gets the support and help he needs and absolutely stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, you know, for me that maybe this is something for you know all kind of professional sporting bodies may need to kind of consider. I know we are slowly getting back to kind of normality, and you know. I think there's been enough criticism and enough negativity thrown around to the, the lockdown and management of it, but maybe it's something for professional sporting bodies to, to really reflect on if there is another situation like this, is what kind of support, because I feel like a lot of people have jumped through hoops and everyone's trying not to get fined and make sure that the bubbles are in place mm-hmm. and that, you know, they're ticking all the right boxes and doing all the tests and making sure everyone's isolated. What are we actually doing? to support athletes and, and, and you know, uh, professional sports men and women when those kind of support networks aren't as accessible in, in those kind of times. You know, let's not just make sure that we're ticking all the right boxes, but let's make sure that our athletes are fit and healthy, mm. but also mentally healthy and have what they need to be able to, mm. to perform. Because it takes a lot of mental toughness to be doing mm-hmm. these, you know, physical activities. You know, we don't you don't become one of the greatest batsmen or, or captains or runners or or anything in the world just by being physically fit. It takes mm. a lot of mental tenacity. Yeah. And, and I think there's, there's been conversations ongoing. I'm not sure where they're at at the moment, but um, with England coming up to the Ashes um, this this winter in Australia, um, the talk of whether their families are going to be allowed to go with them yeah, um, and things like that. And I think that's – and I get – where Australia are coming from in terms of, you know, they've had it, they've had COVID in a, in a, in a bad way there and they've had to have, you know, many, many lockdowns. They don't want any extra people coming. They don't need to. But from an England player's point of view, yeah, you're, you're committing to go away from your family and all your support for, you know, two, three months. Yep. I'm not, I don't think I would do that. No, so I, I, and, and if I did, I don't think it would be good for me to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. I get both sides of it. Um, but I do think that things like that are going to be starting talked of a lot more. And I don't know where they will get to in terms of family and support and other things going down to to Australia. But hopefully, they do allow all the England players as as much of, as as they can get in terms of the support and, and network that they can take with them. So yeah, fingers crossed. It's uh, but I think I think it's getting us talking about it, which I think can only be a really positive thing for everyone because I think that the more you talk about it the more it's out in the open the more it's accepted as uh, you know as a problem to be talked about and to to try and deal with so yeah overall I do think it's positive and I just hope he gets gets everything he needs and um, comes back stronger yep 100% good times shall we get ourselves to Empire Strikes Back I think Umpire Strokes Back sounds amazing. End on a on a positive note. It's been a mixed up and down podcast. We've been giving people a roller coaster, haven't we? Which is what <laughs> I felt like over the last few weeks. So um 
yeah, let's let's do that and let's um, let's end on a positive. Sounds good. Cool. Who wants to go first? Um, I don't mind. What do you want? I can go first. I think mine might be. It might be really simple. It might. It might not be. It might be something that you think about or something. But it's something that I would do. I'm really kind of not thinking. So I'm happy to go first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So really, really simple. In the middle of a game, between overs, you notice a fielder. He's got a spare ball in his in his pocket. He's he's taking it out and he's just practicing his catches on the field. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, he's he's not he's not doing it. He's, it's not during plays. Not any yeah. in between overs. So the opposition captain, he's sick of it. He's had enough of it, and he's not impressed. What do you do? What what's your action as the umpire in this instance? So the so what's what you've been asked to do? You're asked to to make him stop playing with the ball in between overs. Well, no, the captain's just told you, Look, mate, I'm not happy about this. Um, so what are you going to do about it? That's it. I mean, if it was me, I'd tell him to get on with the game and just just concentrate on the ball that's that that he's trying to hit. Or you, t- you or, tell um, the captain. Yeah, that, that, I tell him yeah. that that you know that. Yeah, I tell him that that's his problem. He's, the guy's not doing anything. It's fine. Get on with it. I have a weird suspicion that the answer is something different to that, but that's definitely what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell him to get tell him to get on with it and focus on the ball that they're playing with. Yeah. Okay. So. I totally agree with you, by the way, but it is a massive... Eh, eh, yeah, I thought that might be the case. <laughs> it's really... Yeah, so you would have to intervene here. Um, the player's not allowed to have another ball on the field during play, no matter if it is between overs. So if as, as long as the game is in procession, even even in between, they, they cannot have it. Um, it says here it could cause chaos. In ODIs, two balls are used for alternate overs, but even then, the one not in use is to be kept in the umpire's possession. So you would yeah. need to have a word with the fielding captain and make sure the spare ball is removed. I suppose I do sort of see it if, you know, he goes for a catch and one ball drops out of his pocket, which one has he caught? That kind of, I get, but... Yeah. If that was a village game where I was playing, I'd just tell the other guy to get on with it and sort, yeah, that's sort, it. sort his life out and uh, what does he think he's doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah interesting yeah. though, interesting. Oh, well, okay. massive zero for me on that one. <laughs> right, here's one for you. Um, okay, so um, there's a helmet behind the wicketkeeper in this one. Yep. Um, yep. And the um, bowler comes in, balls the ball, and the batsman top edges it. It goes high up over the keeper's head. The keeper takes a couple of steps back and steps on the helmet, jumps up off the helmet and catches the ball. Ooh. What decision do you give? Oh. He's basically used it like a launch pad to throw himself in the air, catch the ball and then appeal to the court. What do you give? Oh. Good one, that, isn't it? I like that. That is a good one. Right. Oh, I mean, uh, 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 a helmet's not going to give you that much anyway. A few inches, it could be a key difference. It it could be a key difference. Ah, um, this should pass. 
I feel like if it was me, I'd just be like, fair play, it's quite funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that, I kind of feel like, I feel like it would be, uh, I, think, I feel like, like it would be a, a not out. And that either it'd be just like a straight up not out, or they'd have to replay the, replay the ball. So I'm going to go with, I'm just going to go with a not out. And, um, yeah, not out because of, you know, mm-hmm. external factors helping him with, cause you, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with that. We're two for two, I think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, you are incorrect. Um, yeah, it's out. As long as the ball doesn't hit the helmet itself. Oh, bugger. Ethan could do what he likes. And, I uh, should have yeah. just forgot. Oh. Good on him for, for giving it a go. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it. But, um, I'd love to see it. Yeah, no, that's it. So. Oh, damn. Because I would have I would have been like, yeah, fair play, mate. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. that. I know. Damn. Good one. Huh? But yeah, there you go. Well, we have um, royally uh, got zeros all around on that one. But hey. That's it. Good, 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 good. Brush up on our umpire skills. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Shall we call it a day there then? I think so. I think we covered a fair bit there. Um, we did. We covered an awful lot there. That's quite a nice chunky episode for people to listen to. So thank you if you're still with us. Um, you've made it all the way to the end. Um, <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us, please, please do. Uh, we would like to hear from you. We are on Twitter at Wrong End Podcast. We are on Instagram at Wrong End Podcast. Or you can email us wrongendofthestick at hotmail.com. Please do go and do that while you're at it. Um, leave a nice five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and uh, we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for listening, everyone, and catch you for episode 69. <laughs> see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.